Hi, this is Nicholas Forrest from the A-List.art, and for this edition of the A-List.art podcast, I'm going to give my thoughts on the 21st edition of the Biennale of Sydney, which opened on March 16 and uh, continues until June 11, 2018. So there are 70 artists uh, whose work is presented across seven venues, venues across uh, Sydney, of course, in Australia. And uh, this, uh, for this edition, uh, is curated by the renowned Japanese curator Mami Kataoka, who is chief curator at the Mori Art Museum in Tokyo. And uh, it's titled Superposition with the subtitle Equilibrium and Engagement. And uh, rather surprisingly, she's the first curator from Asia to be appointed as the artistic director of the Biennale of Sydney. So as the, uh, as the title that Mummy's given to this uh, edition suggests, she's drawn quantum mechanical theory of uh, superposition as a metaphor to link the concepts of equilibrium and engagement and in the process provide insights into the world today. And um, she said, we are surrounded by conflicting ideas across all levels of humanity. Different cultures, readings of nature and the universe, political ideologies and systems of government, interpretations of human history, including the history of art and definitions of contemporary art. And uh, the theme that Mummy has chosen has uh, within it many different issues that the artists deal with, and uh, all of which are very relevant and important and and worthy of uh, close examination. But uh, there's one thing in particular that really impressed me and that I want to focus on today about this Biennale, and that's the strong evidence and expression of workmanship, artistry and old-fashioned craftsmanship. Uh, and although it's not always possible to identify whether the work was actually physical, physically created by the artist themselves or by a person or, or persons assisting the artist, it's still good to have that, uh, that evidence there. So, looking past editions perhaps um, have featured too many works that, that feel a little disconnected from the creative process and lack that evidence of the qualities of, of craftsmanship and artistry which are qualities that link works of art with the personality, spirit, emotion, passion and character of the artist. And it's these qualities add a sense of humanness and soul to a work of art. And I think that's vitally important in the creation of uh, an emotional and cognitive link and connection between the artist, artwork and audience. So through her selection, Mami has uh, shown that the hand of the artist can not only be experienced visually, but in other ways as well. And and the works she's selected reveal the hand of the artist can also be heard and also felt both both physically and emotionally. And it can be even experienced participatorially. Uh, and there are several opportunities to do so throughout the Biennale. For instance, at Carriage Works, Australian artist Marco Fusinato's situation titled Constellations, uh, 2015-2018, gives willing participants the opportunity to make their own creative mark on the Biennale by hitting a wall with a baseball bat, leaving their mark on the wall, and uh, at the same time invoking uh, an unexpectedly and uh, very intense 
sonic response, something you should definitely try out if you, um, if you do go. And for those wanting a more sedate, creative encounter, uh, Cockatoo Island, uh, there's a uh, work by Australian artist Yasmin Smith, who's built a functioning studio with an outdoor kiln and salt farm where the visiting public can contribute their labour to the production of clay vessels for salt harvesting. Certainly to be a, a very uh, popular experience indeed. And another key point emphasised by the, the Biennale is that works created using that uh, ever-popular and growing in popularity uh, digital technology can display the hand of the artist just as effectively as, say, a, a traditional painting on canvas. So two particular works come to mind. First of all, a digital project, projection of ink paintings by the late Chinese artist Chen Xiaojing at Carriage Works, and uh, also a video work depicting the Chinese artist Geng Zhu shaping a male figure from clay, and that's at Artspace. And this experience of watching Geng shape the figure is so palpable and evocative that certain moments in the process made me wince. So there are too many highlights overall to cover in this podcast, so I'm going to focus on a few more key works that I think demonstrate the importance of craftsmanship and artistry and express uh, unique and creative ways that artists are engaging with different artistic mediums and also how they're using this... uh, Hand of the artist is a way of connecting and uh, connecting with the with uh, the artwork, and then and also connecting that creative process with the audience. So uh, I want to start at the at the art gallery of, of New South Wales, and we've got uh, Indian artist N S Harsh's epic wall mounted work, and it's a revelation. It consists of a, a mirror backed tiled facade of deconstructed and re- reversed items of found cardboard cardboard packaging which uh, adorned with a painted celestial scene and a herd of carved wooden elephants. And it's an amazing creation that blurs the boundaries between painting, sculpture and installation and speaks on themes of, uh, of, of the universe, of cosmos and um, sort of the, the universality of, uh, of, the human, uh, of the human condition. And also at the Art Gallery of New South Wales, Swiss artist Miriam Kahn's uh, fabulous atmospheric paintings and drawings with their combination of abstract and figurative elements express the hand of the artist in the most traditional and direct way, albeit with a, a bit of a contemporary twist. And it's great to see that are such a wonderful range of examples of uh, traditional painting practice have been included in this uh, edition of the Biennale. So uh, moving on to the Museum of Contemporary Art, and the hand of Cambodian artist Svei Sareth is actually literally on display in, uh, in this really engrossing video work that documents uh, a durational p- performance that he conducted at Angkor Wat in Cambodia. And uh, during this performance, uh, Sarath measures measured the length of the causeway at the entrance to the temple complex using a large sewing needle, uh, placing it on the ground some 7,315 times, so that many lengths over a period of, of eight hours. It's an incredible piece and uh, definitely worth watching. And then you've got the beautifully crafted work of, uh, of American artist 
Liza Lou's handwoven glass bead cloth. And uh, the same sort of kind of creativity and artistry is on show in Aboriginal artists Esme Timbery's ornately decorated shell-worked slippers, uh, which could only be the result of, of many, many hours of intensive labour. And uh, once again, the same goes for Korean artist uh, Hegu Yang's intricate and innovative straw sculptural series, which combines contemporary manufactured materials with the traditions of straw weaving. And then there's Indian artist Sosa Joseph's vibrantly animated, dreamlike painted tableaus, uh, which are another excellent example of a contemporary reimagination of the painterly tradition. While uh, Simran Gill's installation of typed text abstract compositions show the hand of the artist in, ent- in an entirely different way. At Artspace, uh, in additional to, addition to Geng Zhu's video, which I mentioned previously, Indian artist Tanya Gold's paintings and fresco works, as well as uh, Vietnamese artist Tiffany Chung's embroidered textile map, are uh, further examples of, of contemporary interpretation, interpretations of traditional mediums. And uh, I've already mentioned uh, a couple of the fantastic works presented at Carriage Works, but I just want to add also... American artist Sam Fall's impressively uh, immense large-scale abstract landscapes, which are created, uh, among other things, using uh, plant matters and organic materials. And uh, they're not only a transcription of creative activity, but also of environment and of place and site. And uh, definitely another one of the, the fantastic highlights there. So heading across the water... Cockatoo Island on a, a wonderful ferry ride, unless of course it's pouring rain, which it was when I went. Thai artist uh, Mit Jai In's epic and vast painterly installation with its uh, draping canvases filled with laboriously and, and rigorously manipulated and layered pigment express and illuminate the act of painting in a unique and engaging way. And also at Cockatoo Island, British artist Ryan Gander's surreal snowy dreamscape installation which is populated with meticulously crafted replica models of artefacts from his life. It uses spatial and narratival structures to, en- to engage the viewer in a brilliantly choreographed piece of theatre. Then there's Abraham Cruz Villager's stunning constructed assemblages of, of found and repurposed objects, which are triumphant examples of, of fashioning something spectacular out of nothing. So, of course, Cockatoo Island can't be mentioned without associating the venue with uh, perhaps uh, the most talked-about work of the Biennale. And that's controversial Chinese artist Ai Weiwei's monumental installation, Law of the Journey. So the 60-metre inflatable boat, rubber boat, filled with more than 250 oversized figures, was always going to polarise opinions. And, it all, and so it has. Of course, it continue his uh, interest in, in refugees and, and migration, and um, that's what the figures represent, uh, sort of the faceless masses of the immigrants that come in these little inflatable boats uh, to seek a better life. Now, Ai Weiwei is definitely good at creating a spectacle and, and generating discussion around his works, but I feel in the recent past he has perhaps gone a little too far towards political activism at the cost of of creativity and craftsmanship but 
I actually like this work and I'd argue that uh, it's a step in the right direction in terms of artistic credibility and I think it displays a better balance between activism and, and uh, artistry and creativity. It's certainly definitely worth seeing and um, look I think it's uh, definitely certainly a highlight and there's a lot of other material that goes with it, uh, documentary photos and, uh, and videos as well. So it takes a while to have a bit of a look around it. And uh, then heading to the Opera House, we've got British artist Oliver Beer's amazing immersive sonic experience, which uh, is titled Composition for Tuning and Architectural Space. Uh, it's a it's another example of um, experiencing the hand of the artist with a sense other than sight. And uh, he explores the concept that every artic architectural space has its own unchanging resonant notes determined by its dimensions, which can be stimulated using the unamplified human voice. So the live vocal performances have been composed to actually give audiences the experience of what is described as a fleeting revelation of architecture through sound. And that really is a fascinating work. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, look, it's, it, it's, a, it's only small groups that can go in at a time, about 20 people. But uh, if you get the chance, book online and go and see it because it's, it's definitely worth it. And then, uh, last of all, at the 4A Centre for uh, Contemporary Asian Art, we've got Chinese artist Jun Yang's work, uh, Becoming European, or How I Grew Up with Wiener Schnitzel, uh, 2015 ongoing. And it charts the artist's experience of migration to Europe as a child, uh, and his family re relocated to Austria when he was four. So, in, in uh, 2015, it was produced as a, as a video, and it's actually another sort of uh, example of, of the hand of the artist being shown uh, in digital technology, but in a really unique, unique and creative way. So the visual aspect of, um, of the work uh, titled Becoming European it, uh, it consists of a search of Google's image repository, and um, it, it seeks to, according to the description of the work, comprehend a new and unfamiliar culture utilising key search terms such as refugees, migration, or Chinese. So you actually see um, this process uh, unfolding on a screen, so you see the different searches being put in. So it's sort of like watching um, a video of... Uh, you know, someone's internet session, which is kind of interesting, I suppose, you know, it becomes a, um, an example and um, a, a transcription of, of, of creativity once again. So depending on where the video is shown, uh, and uh, the Google search is repeated, resulting in different images that speak to the region in which it is uh, exhibited. And uh, it, it's a great work. And uh, it's really interesting, and it's definitely worth sitting down and uh, and having a, a, a bit of a look at. Certainly a very uh, unique way at uh, looking at the hand of the artist. So, look, overall this has been a really great Biennale. And although there are fewer artists, it's um, it's certainly been, I think, to, to the benefit of the Biennale, actually. And overall it seems much more cohesive and refined than uh, some of the previous editions, and, and I would actually rate it 
as one of the best I've seen. There are many more works that I think are, are definitely worth you know a, a look, and you sort of don't feel as though there's anything missing. I mean, I think in past editions, perhaps you've kind of been able to notice specific either mediums or specific experiences that you've really felt were lacking. But in this case, I really think that, you know, it's such a well-rounded and um, satisfying experience that I think you come away with uh, a really good kind of cross-section of of works, experiences uh, and mediums. And um, that's definitely... uh, something worth congratulating Mami for. So I hope you get a chance to go and see the Biennale. And um, for more great podcasts, visit thealist.art. And um, you can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And uh, thanks for listening. I will uh, see you next time.